Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Joker Out Subs podcast. Today I will be reading an interview with all five members of Joker Out for Slovenian newspaper Delo, originally published on the 5th of February 2023. The interview was conducted by Gaspar Zavrsnik and Agata Rakovic-Kurent, with photographs provided by Vorans Vogel and Katja Kodba. Joker Out, we won't make dolls out of ourselves. After conquering Slovenia, Joker Out, currently the hottest Slovenian band, is now also conquering the world. They talked about recognisability, Eurovision and days that should be seized. Singer Bojan Svjetičinin, guitarists Chris Kustin and Jan Petech, drummer Jure Macek and bassist Nata Jordan are Joker Out, currently our most in-demand musical fivesome. They've almost sold out the concert in Stojica in October already, and it seems like the boys have already reached the sky's the limit in Slovenia. Now it's time for the world. Yesterday evening in the Missia Liverpool, brackets Mission Liverpool programme on Televizia Slovenia, brackets Television Slovenia, Slovenian National TV, they presented Carpe Diem, the song with which they will represent us at the Eurovision Song Contest in Liverpool in May for the first time. Select members of the media already heard it a week before, at Saturday's recording of the programme, and we had a chance to talk to the band members afterwards. We talked about looking for the Eurovision formula, about what one has left after Stojica, about the burden of fame, as well as about how we should love, dance, enjoy and care for one another while we can. Interviewer. When did you warm up to Eurovision, which is often kind of stigmatised among rockers? Did the success of Maneskin perhaps have something to do with it? Chris, we've been warming up our whole lives because we're all pretty fervent Eurovision fans. I make time every May to watch the semi-finals and the final. We didn't go to Eurovision because Maneskin made it. They did prove that Eurovision is not as limited in genre anymore and that rock bands can participate too. But we're going to Eurovision because it's now the right time for us to start expanding our horizons outside of Slovenian borders and Eurovision is the most optimal thing we can do at the moment. Interviewer. Today, brackets, we talked on Saturday the 31st of January, you presented the song to the audience in the National Television Studio. In one week, all of Slovenia will hear it for the first time. How are you feeling? Nata, the best part was standing on the stage when we played the song for the first time. Jura, that's true, so much effort suddenly paid off. Interviewer, when did you make Carpe Diem? Boyan, the song was recorded in December in Hamburg and the final mixings or masterings were happening all the way to the finish line just before the show, but it's always like that. We've listened to the song a million times, and when we played it for the first time, I was still proud of this song, and I still liked it. People visibly reacted to it very well, and then audibly too. What more could we ask for? Interviewer. What is the main message of the song you wish to impart upon expanded Europe and Australia? Jan. Let's love, dance, enjoy, and care for one another while we can. Chris. Despite the hostility that surrounds us. Interviewer. With that, do you mean the Russian aggression in Ukraine? Kudis, not necessarily. Jan, not explicitly. Anything that gives rise to thoughts that do no good. Interviewer. This time when you were creating, did you have a different audience in mind? Were you searching for the Eurovision formula? Jan. While making the song Carpe Diem, we were mainly thinking about how we must not focus on the fact that it's a Eurovision song. We wanted to make a song that is ours and represents us. 
Our purpose isn't just to go to Liverpool, rather we want to present ourselves to the wider European audience, and I hope that they will accept us the way we are as much as possible. Interviewer. In Slovenia, you're the hottest name on the scene right now. Isn't Eurovision, where, after all, you could also come 27th, a risky move? Why not just rest on your laurels? Boyan. I think that resting on our laurels, especially at our age, would be the worst possible decision. It would make us a band that isn't in this business because they want to create, but a band that wants to rest on laurels. Even if we happen to come 27th, it absolutely won't devalue everything we've managed to do so far and are planning to do in the future. This is just another competition, and in fact someone has to be 27th. That's a totally normal part of life. If it happens, we will definitely be sad, broken-hearted and stricken, but it won't crush us. Interviewer. A promotional tour awaits you as well. You're supposed to perform in Madrid, Barcelona, Warsaw and Amsterdam. What else are you preparing to make Europe and the bookmakers pay attention to you before May? Chris. If anything, we will convince the media when they get to know us and get an idea of who we are and what this thing is that we call shagadelic rock and roll. Madrid, Barcelona, Warsaw and Amsterdam offer an excellent chance for us to showcase ourselves to international media, which is a very important aspect of getting votes for Eurovision, as well as establishing an image and a backing before you step onto the big stage. Jan, anything we say, release or present will be genuine and honest. We won't make dolls out of ourselves. We want Europe to get to know us as we are. Interviewer. One of the important aspects of Eurovision, in which Slovenia almost never stood out, is staging. How will you approach that? What will the core idea be? The Eurovision stage offers pretty much anything a musician can think of. Chris, you can do anything if the budget lets you. Your performance is for sure one of the most important things, but up until this moment when we finished filming on the show, brackets Missia Liverpool, and the music video, we haven't focused on it yet. On the 4th of February, we will start intense rehearsals and we have some basic ideas. We want to build on the chemistry of our performance more so than on glamour, confetti and lights. Jan, being able to invest millions into the staging and public relations certainly doesn't hurt. We, however, don't have them, so we will try to convince the audience with a good idea a bit. We haven't been able to focus on that yet due to other obligations, though. Interviewer. There's been some controversy over the fact that RTV, Slovenian's national television, invited you to participate without having won AMA first, as there is no Slovenian national selection for Eurovision this year. What can you say about this controversy? Were you planning to sign up for AMA this year if it happened? And is a direct invitation the optimal way to choose the Slovenian Eurovision representative? Chris, it depends on who you ask. It might not have been optimal for us either. If we won Ema, going to Eurovision would be easier for us because the song would have received more tangible support from the Slovenian public. As it is, we feel much more pressure to prove ourselves. Jan, on the other hand, I don't remember a single Ema winner who was accepted by the majority of the public. Whoever won in the past 15 years that I've been following Ema got dragged through the mud. Unfortunately, this is something that's hard to avoid. Chris. Ema and Eurovision are divisive things. Any way you slice it, someone will always be against it and someone will be for it. Boyan, our plan was to sign up for Ema this year and then we got the call that we could go to Eurovision if we wanted. We wanted to go and that's why we're going. I've also said a few times already that Ema, back when we started watching it, used to be a prestigious event that the most successful and promising musicians signed up for, but in recent years that has absolutely changed. My personal opinion is just because you have a song and can sign up for AMA 
It doesn't mean that you've been robbed because there's no Ama. Something that has kind of spread around is that we have a lot of musicians that aren't actually active, but rather wait for Ama every year. They don't have concerts or other events in Slovenia, and they practically only appear in tabloids. I'm very sorry if we offended anyone, but I did get a lot of messages from the musicians that we, and I think most of the Slovenian audience as well, value the most, and they very much support RTV's decision. Interviewer. Why will you sing in Slovenian and not in English? Is that smart? Jura. I think that it's the best decision we've made. We're representing Slovenia and we want to stand behind that. More people would probably understand us if the song were in English. Boyan, probably. Brackets, laughter. Jura. I think that our song and our energy on the stage will show enough to make a good impression. Boyan. If we got this opportunity and honour of Slovenia sending us to Eurovision directly, we think it's right to represent it in the local language. Interviewer. It often seems like Slovenian representatives were happy just to perform at Eurovision and often used the smallness of the country as an excuse for their result. This year, it seems like you're approaching things in a more ambitious way. It feels like you're not interested in having a supporting role. Is that a wrong impression? Jan. If Slovenian basketball players who won the European Championship didn't use the smallness as an excuse, then we have no reason to do it either. It might even be an advantage that we're the boutique. Interviewer. What would be a satisfying result for you in Liverpool? Jan. We definitely want to get into the final. Chris. Top five. Jure. I would consider the final a success. If we get into the final, we'll be more than happy. Boyan. I'm thinking about a victory, and you can only go downhill from there. Brackets. Laughter. I think that there's no placement for which you'd say, this is it, at the end. But the fact is that we won't place any better than we deserve. Interviewer. It's probably not a coincidence that while you were recording the Eurovision song in Hamburg, you also prepared an English version of the album. Is that, as well as the Eurovision performance itself, a sign that Slovenia has become too small for you and you're interested in going abroad? Jan, good job connecting the dots. Chris, definitely. Our ambition lies in any market that is ready to have us. That's why we also recorded an English album in Hamburg, which will be a compilation of our favourite songs from the first and second album. Note from Joe Kraut Subs. This interview is from last year. Joe Kraut later ended up abandoning the idea of an album with English versions of their previous songs. Chris, We will release it right after Eurovision and until then we will also present a song that we're preparing in collaboration with a very famous English performer. Note from Joe Kraut Subs, Chris is referring to New Wave, their collaboration with Elvis Costello. Chris, we're not hiding what we want from Eurovision, but it's not the only thing. We also want a good experience and to represent Slovenia with dignity and place high with a song in Slovenian again. Boyan, The idea of recording in Hamburg has nothing to do with Slovenia being too small, but rather with us wanting to get out of our comfort zone, out of the environment we're in all the time, so to go there and have as much of an open mind as possible. In terms of going abroad and concerts after Eurovision, we're already making very concrete plans for concerts around the Balkan region, and we've also started looking into booking club performances during the time we'll be in Liverpool. We're looking forward to going abroad. Interviewer. Can you perhaps hint which British performer you'll join forces with? Jan, unfortunately no, but we can tell you that it's not John Lennon. Interviewer. Boyan, I watched your Portrait with a Coffee for Bar Cafe, where you also talked about the burden of recognisability. 
Note from Joe Kraut Subs, you can watch this interview with English subtitles on our YouTube channel. I imagine that you receive a lot of attention from women in particular. How do you deal with constantly being under the microscope from the public? Boyan, after that interview, a fellow musician came up to me and told me that he completely understood what I wanted to say, but that I should never again in my life dare to complain about it, because it's simply the side product of the thing we're working towards. Ever since then, all I say is, thank you very much to everyone who bothers me. Brackets. Laughter. Interviewer. Are the other members also as impacted as the frontman? Yura. Probably a little less than Boyan, but you can recognise the looks people give you. I can feel that I've started acting differently. I'm more mindful of what I do. I used to go for coffee at a cafe in my slippers. Now I wouldn't do that anymore, though maybe it would be a good joke too. Brackets. Laughter. Interviewer. You're high in demand in Slovenia. Are you taking advantage of this opportunity and having concerts everywhere you can? Or are you careful not to appear on the scene too much, given the smallness of our market? Jure, we had a lot of concerts last year. I think we all agree that it was too many. So we won't perform for half a year now. We'll be getting ready for Eurovision. And when we come back, we'll have a month-long tour, some good concerts that we like and that a lot of people will come to. After that, we'll have a break again until Stojica, after which we'll have another well-deserved break. Interviewer. Are you satisfied with the ticket sales for the big concert, which will happen on the 6th of October 2023? Boyan. Eight months before the concert, we've sold 7,000 out of 10,500 tickets. From this week on, only the Red Ring, the highest seats, and a few VIP boxes are available, which means that after a few concerts in Slovenia that have already happened... We have already almost sold out Stojica. Interviewer, is there perhaps even a possibility of an additional concert? Boyan, no. We talked about it, but we made the decision to not do two days. We decided that in particular because of our experience with Svetlachana, where we didn't have a feeling of absolute catharsis after the first concert because we were still waiting for the second evening. Instead, we decided that the night after the Stojica concert, we'll travel somewhere warm. Note from Joe Kraut subs, Svetlachana is the venue where Joe Kraut did two gigs to present their first album, Omazani Misli. You can watch one of them with English subtitles on our YouTube channel. Interviewer, is having the Eurovision Song Contest in Liverpool this year the right decision? Boyan, I think that, despite some previous appeals by Zelensky, it would be hard to have it in Kiev. Jura, we really like that it's in Liverpool. Interviewer, you started out as a band very early when you were 12 years old. What's the secret behind you not breaking up due to all the upheavals puberty brings? Boyan, it's true that we started at 12, but from that group, which was called Apocalypse, I'm the only one left. Brackets, laughter. Another member of Apocalypse was Martin, who left the band last year after the concert in Kryzhanka and was replaced by Natsa. The reason for Martin's departure was the biggest show of maturity I've ever seen in a young person. He understood and recognised that his wishes and aspirations in life lay somewhere else other than with the band. He called us, told us that, and even picked Natsa. When at 11 I told my guitar teacher Pauli Kavitz that we were forming a band, he said that things will definitely start changing at some point. I confidently replied that it would definitely never happen to us. Now I see that Pauli was more than right, which is obvious since he's an experienced rocker. Interviewer Natsa, you joined an already established band. Were you worried at all that fans wouldn't accept you, that you'll be like something foreign because you haven't been with them from the start? 
Natsa, I didn't have that fear. I know that I contributed to the band musically, that they also went a different way with me, which can be heard in the song Carpe Diem. Maybe I was a little worried about the image, because I didn't know how aligned we'd be in that regard, but I was the most worried about how we'd get along. I wasn't bothered at all by what other people would think. I was thinking more about how they're having a good time, and whether they will also have a good time once I join them. I have to say that the guys immediately accepted me so wonderfully that I feel I've been with them since I was 12. Boyan, we truly feel the same. Interviewer, the title of your song translates as Seize the Day. How do you do that and what do you consider a truly good day? Boyan, a perfect day is different for everyone and also different every day. And the beauty of it is that with each new day, we can experience our perfect day. But the best day never happens. As we never know what tomorrow will bring, we have to live as if there were no tomorrow. Yura, but the best thing is when we're together. Boyan, that is the best thing and the reason this band is what it is. When we had a big concert or a shoot and we were together day in and day out, there wasn't even a day after the project ended that we didn't either meet up at our rehearsal space and hang out together all day again or pack our suitcases and go on holiday together. Interviewer, since Kalisa's father is our well-known musician Gushti, I'd like to know whether you've received any useful advice from the older music generation. Yura, I think we blazed our own trail. There hasn't been any advice from Gushti in a long time. Boyan, Gushti had already told us everything he had to tell us. Soon after we started, he recognised us as independent creators and performers and took on more of a spectator role. He's always ready to offer us a well-meaning comment when we need it, as well as any kind of help. This band is a group of people that works by its own principles, but we have our circle of people we believe and trust, and that's normal for a team. We also got a lot of useful advice, which we didn't even know was advice back then, from our older musician friends, but at the same time, they never made us feel like they were being patronising. Interviewer, how did your musician friends react when they learned that you were going to Eurovision? Chris, No one will say to your face that it was a bad decision. Most people I talk to, however, find it good that we're finally sending something tried and true to Eurovision. I mostly agree with this sentiment as well, but we've read comments on social media and various web portals that... Jan, that Boyan is short of stature with a big ass. Chris, we even read somewhere that we're going to Eurovision because one of us is the son of Alenka Bratusek. Note from Joker Out Subs... Alenka Bratusek is a Slovenian politician. She was the Prime Minister of Slovenia from 2013 to 2014 and is the Minister of Infrastructure in the current government. Kris. My dad was getting bad mouth too, as in Gushti arranged it all for them. There are various conspiracy theories. Jan, if Gushti could arrange that, he also would have gone to Eurovision. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Joker Out Subs podcast. The original translation can be found on our Tumblr under the name Joker Out Subs, and we are also on X, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram under the name Joker Out Subs.